There they go. Jeff and Jordan. It's only an hour. Every weekday from 11 to noon right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And it's now time for the award-winning midday program with Trey and BK. How you doing, brother? I'm good. Can I start today's midday show by showing off a new t-shirt that just came in the mail for me that I'm very happy about? Not only because it's a cool shirt, but it fits so well, too. It's the one you're wearing right now? Yes. Okay. You can oh. see the top of it. I can see the two words across the chest. Any guesses as to what's below those two words? Tecmo Bowl for those just listening on the audio app right now. Bo Jackson. Oh, that would be pretty sweet too. No, I got to represent my my beloved Houston Oilers here. Bang, baby. Touchdown, Ooh. Oilers. Warren Moon. Are you kidding me? Wow. I have to my laundry once a week so I can wear this shirt once a week. Where did you get that? Um, it is, I think the website is Home Field. They've got a bunch of cool shirts there. I don't know. I have no affiliation with them, obviously, but they're like, it's hard not to go to that website and, and uh, not spend too much money. I ended up buying three shirts. They got a bunch of sports stuff, pop culture stuff, just stuff, just completely out of left field, but, uh, they do a really good job. And at least this shirt, the, uh, the extra soft option fits exactly like I want a t-shirt to. Is it the extra small size that you went with? No, it is. Uh, I believe the technical size is schmedium, but nice try though. Mm, youth XL. <laughs> I've considered it before. Dude, I tried to squeeze into youth XL forever because you know how kids shirts are just cheaper than men's shirts. I mean, yeah. I would avoid the men's small section at all costs. I would always go youth extra large whenever I could. And then, then I really started to grow, and uh, that that uh, ship sailed, unfortunately. How long did you make it in the youth XL for? Probably into high school. Damn, because like, I didn't. I was a late bloomer. I think that's been talked about at some point. Like I was, I was like five four, like freshman sophomore year of high school, and then now I'm like six one, six two. So like late high school, college is when I did most of my growing. So I was able to rock the youth sizes for uh, for a long time compared to most. Well, when you hit the growth spurts, you were still pretty skinny, as we saw in the high, the college announcement video a couple weeks ago. You were still skinny enough to where you could technically fit into the shirt, but at that point, when you're talking about youth sizes, it becomes more of a belly shirt. So even though it fits like this, it also fits like this, you know? Ew. Oh, come on. It's not like I'm showing you my nipples. You will be showing people your nipples here in two or three months. I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> I can try. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't need the Zeke Elliott crop top look nowadays. Yeah, but, uh, yeah the, the Rod, the, uh, Rod Babers DB days. They used to always rock the, uh, the, the jersey tucked under the pads. It was a cool look back then. Yeah, uh, back then. Let's leave that look back then nice shirt that's well done yeah you got me beat on the uh the t-shirt today because i'm wearing a solid black tee in honor of oklahoma basketball's funeral tonight because texas is going for their fifth straight win in norman i didn't realize this i was doing oh. some research before the show today and texas has won four in a row at the lloyd noble center so well, we know how up and down this texas basketball program has been in recent years but that obviously goes back to shaka smart 
And it goes through Chris Beard, and it goes through last year with Rodney Terry, who, of course, was the head coach for all of conference play in 2022-23. So the Longhorns trying to make it five straight in Norman against the hated Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, I guess we could start there. We'll get into the commitment that Texas football got earlier today, another transfer portal addition for Steve Sarkeesian. We'll touch on that before the end of the show. Also, Mel Kuyper Jr. has a mock draft. Only one Longhorn going in the first round in that one. We'll tell you who it is and try to debate which other Longhorns could go in round one. And then, of course, where are we at in society at the end of the show, like always. But, Trey, uh, Texas, we didn't talk a ton of Texas basketball yesterday because there was just so much to get into from the sports weekend. But obviously the Longhorns coming off their biggest win of the year, knocking off Baylor in dramatic fashion, the Tyrese Hunter buzzer beater to give Texas that two-point victory over number nine Baylor in Austin. Huge win for Texas, kind of getting the season back on track for the Longhorns. And now they are in game two of the six-game stretch against ranked opponents, Oklahoma number 11 in the country in the most recent AP poll. Uh, this will be a tall task for the Longhorns trying to go on the road and beating a really, really good team. I'm not going to try and fool you people into believing I know anything about the Oklahoma Sooners, so perhaps you can help provide a breakdown there, BK. But if this Texas basketball team can get some uh, alpha attitudes and alpha actions out of their most important guys, that being Aismas, who of course is going to take and likely make a lot of shots, but more importantly, Dylan DeSue and Tyrese Hunter, I feel good about this team's chances to at least remain competitive in this game. Obviously, if they're shooting from deep like they were in the first half against Baylor, it is going to keep you in just about any game. But then again, there wasn't a whole lot of defense being played on either end. That's why it was tied going into the half. Texas was able to win in the second half, despite the fact that they weren't hitting a ton of shots because they really buttoned down defensively. Yeah, 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 yeah. And look, for Texas tonight, they need their guards to step up. That was an encouraging sign from Saturday. I mean, all of it was encouraging. It was a massive, must-needed win for Texas, and you don't apologize for any win that you can get in the Big 12. But to see the Longhorns find a way to win in a game where Max Aismas didn't shoot the ball that well, like he was one of those guys who was red hot in the first half, but he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat in the second half. The fact that the offense, despite some sputters, was still able to do enough to beat a really good team, uh, that's a good sign. And you're going to need those other guys to step up, and Tyrese Hunter is the most important one of those other guys. So this is a backcourt game tonight. You've got two of the best backcourts in the Big 12. Oklahoma has two players that average in double figures in terms of scoring, and it's their two guards. Javion McCollum, who is a transfer from Siena, and Owe. I think it's Utoga Owe is uh, the other guard that they have. Those two guys average 14-plus per game. They are the straw that stirs the drink for OU basketball this year. And I think whoever wins the battle of the guards is going to find a win tonight. Uh, I think everybody feels pretty good about Texas's guards offensively, but defensively we know uh, you know Max Aismas is kind of what he is on that end of the floor. But yeah, for Texas to get a win, they're going to need Tyrese Hunter to be aggressive. He's going to need to be engaged. This can't be one of those melt carton games for Tyrese Hunter where you're asking, like, where the hell was he? How was he so good three days ago, and why is he so bad right now? You're going to need him. You're going to need Max Aismas to play really well and win uh, the battle of the guards, I think, to pull off the upset because Texas is a four-and-a-half-point dog right now in this one. Yeah, I'd love to see either Dylan Mitchell or Caden Shedrick step up in this one as well. A lot of that for Shedrick depends on just how he's feeling, how that lower back is feeling, and how he's moving around. But I think either of those guys can help provide a punch 
on either end of the floor, but especially defensively too. I mean, this, this is a basketball team that when they played a, a lot of the good teams on the schedule so far, the exception being Baylor right now, things have been entirely too easy down low for the opposition, whether you're talking about opposing bid guys or guards driving into the lane and just getting easy shots uh, right around the basket. So uh, for one of those two guys to not only assert himself on the offensive end, but to uh, to make guys think twice about driving inside because your shot is going to get blocked into the seats uh, is just another element that can help this basketball team win games against good competition. And of course, they have five more games against ranked opponents before they catch a small break at the end of this run. Yeah, I'm with you. You're going to need your bigs to step up. You're going to need to be physical to get this win tonight. And God, Texas, they need to be better on the glass. Like Caden Shedrick and Dylan DeSue, that's a pretty good one-two punch in terms of big men. And I know those guys have both dealt with injuries this season. Uh, Shedrick missed a conference game with those back spasms, and he's been limited in some other games. But you got to go all the way back to the Texas Tech game, which is the conference opener where Texas out-rebounded an opponent. Like, they've got the size advantage against some of the teams that they've gone up against, and obviously they've won a couple of games. They beat Cincinnati despite getting out-rebounded. They beat Baylor despite getting out-rebounded. But they've got to be better at those 50-50 balls. They can't be giving up as many second-chance opportunities as they have been given. And you're right. I mean, obviously you want offense from DeSue. We know what he's capable of. And you'd like to get a little bit from Caden Shedrick if you can. But those guys uh, in Texas as a team, they've got to be better on the glass because you don't want to give a team as good as Oklahoma extra chances at buckets. So uh, we'll see, man. This would be huge. Texas has two road games this week. They are in Norman tonight. They are in Provo on Saturday. Two potential resume building wins. I, I think you sign up for one and one right now. Obviously, you get to two and zero. Oh, then you look at next week's bracketology, and the Longhorns are probably back in the field of 68. You get one of these wins. It's another quadrant one victory, and that bolsters Texas's resume to get them back into the bubble conversation. They've uh, hopefully, hopefully, they can find a way to get at least one of these next two. It'd be a huge eight day stretch because this team would go from one that didn't have any quality wins in terms of what was it, top 75, to all of a sudden have two wins against top 25 opponents, one of whom was in the top 10 at the time, of course. Yeah, so I saw uh, CB was asking about Porter Mosier. Yeah, Porter Mosier, the head coach at Oklahoma in his third year up there. I guess he did a radio interview, or maybe this was at his press conference yesterday. He was asked about the horns down. I just pulled up the quote. He just said, quote, let's just say what it is. They get it here. We get it there. I've been at the Red River rivalry where it's half and half, walking around the fairgrounds. Both sides are giving it to each other. What you hope for is that it stays safe, end quote. So very, very neutral non-committal, nice, soft comment from Porter Mosier when asked about the horns down. But uh, I think I'm Rodney Carroll... All of that soft-ass shit, Porter, Porter, Porter Mosier, if I can get that out and I stop having a stroke. That's weak. Yeah. Sister Jean did comment. Of course, uh, her and Porter Mosier spent time together at Loyola of Chicago. And Sister Jean said, those Texas guys are soft and their coach is a bitch. That was her commentary about the horns down saga last week. Wouldn't that sound more like those Texas guys are soft and their coach is a bitch? <laughs> yes. I think it would sound a little more like that, but I feel like you, one of us, somebody out there can do a better sister gene impersonation. That was pretty good. Mm. She's 104. S still kicking. How am I still alive? 
<laughs> uh, man, Bucky said this morning he was trying to hit that, so thought that was interesting. I thought Chad saying that he still wanted to have sex with Betty White back when she was still alive was disgusting. That is, come on, Bucky. Yeah. That's just playing into his Catholic schoolboy fantasy, though, unfortunately. Uh, you know, none. You think she's gone 104 years without any action as a sister? Yeah. See, we, Bucky and I debated this earlier. Like, instead of the Smucker's TV appearance you get when you turn 100, you you should be able to get some action, you know? Well, I would have considered it if it wasn't dry as a bone down there. You don't really have much feeling after a certain point in time, you know? Oh, my God. I don't know Cob- why I just turned Canadian, too. Hey, eh? The cobwebs down there. My God. So there you go. So, look, Rodney Terry has been in Norman before. He's coached as a head coach and an assistant coach against Oklahoma before. He knows what's coming, right? Right? Rodney Terry? Oh, the yeah. down? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just just making sure. Like, if Texas loses this game tonight, we're not going to have to deal with a coach complaining about horns down, are we? That, that, that ship has sailed. We're done with that thing. So, my inclination is to say yes. But as somebody who was coming to Rodney Terry's defense last week when a lot of people were piling on and look, I understand where you're coming from there. I get why people were frustrated, why that was a bad look. It turned into an embarrassing story for the program of the university. Like I understood where Rodney Terry was coming from. Like it was coming from a good place or a, a place where he cared, but I wasn't thrilled with how he chose to address it after the win on Saturday, if I'm being completely honest. Like it was an apology, but it was it was a an apology with a qualification. It's like if people were offended, I'm sorry. It's like, no, no, no. Read the room, dude. A lot of people were offended. To those people who were offended, I apologize. I'm good friends with Dawkins. I should have just talked with him behind closed doors. Uh, I I am a man who is willing to uh, acknowledge my mistakes, apologize, and learn from those things to avoid it happening again, and that's what's going to happen here. Instead, it was like, if you were offended, I'm sorry about that. It was just, it was a very weird apology. It was a a very sloppy apology, I guess is the best way to put it. Well, we've got the audio. This uh, comes from his post-game press conference after the win over Baylor on Saturday, and Rodney Terry wasn't like asked to apologize or anything like that. Uh, he wasn't even really specifically asked about uh, the horns down incident. He was oh, just hold on real quick before you play this piece of audio. Coach 420 needs to be addressed here. Okay. Y'all love using that bitch word loosely. It's crazy. But y'all turn into fanboys if y'all ever come face to face with Rodney Terry. Uh, we were attributing that to what's the woman's name from Loyola? Sister Mary. Sister Jean. We were attributing that to Sister Jean. We weren't calling Rodney Terry a bitch. It was Sister Jean who was doing so, Coach 420. Get the wax out of your ears, why don't you? Yeah, I think uh, we were pretty clear saying that that was a quote from Sister Jean. So if you want to call a 104-year-old woman out uh, in her dying days, Coach 420, be our guest right there. It is also Texas Sports Unfiltered. So, yes, we use language that might offend some. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's hear from uh, Rodney Terry, uh, a real coach here. Uh, his thoughts on, yeah, just last week in general, here are his comments from the post game presser on Saturday. It's always going to be 
different things you have to deal with in life. You know, I think, you you know, you have controllables in your life in terms of, you know, what you're able to control, you know, in terms of what happens, you know. And, you know, I always tell our guys there's always consequences to any of uh, any actions that you may have. You know, I had no intentions of trying to uh, show up anyone or, or uh, offend anyone in terms of, you know, what occurred, in, you know, at the end of that game. Johnny Dawkins is a good friend of mine. He's a really good coach. He has a good program. They're having a good year. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, I, you know, personally, if I offended him or his program or anyone for that matter, that was not my intentions, you know. Um, I'm a God-fearing man. I, I lean heavily on my faith. And uh, there are no obstacles in front of me that I can't ever overcome because God never leaves me no matter in good times Bad times, he's always with me. And so, you know, I, I think, again, you control what you can control. And, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of our guys and what our guys did today. So there you go. Um, that technology was all over the map. Like, he invokes yeah. religion at one – he didn't need to invoke religion there. I'm sorry. Just be like, my bad. Move on. Yeah, look, he didn't have to apologize. It was totally his prerogative. He He could have said nothing about the incident. Or he could have said, "Hey, I was defending my school, and I would do it again." He could have done that. If could he have said that. To. I would have. I would have accepted that more than than the meandering mess that he just laid out there. Yeah, but uh, now he checked a few uh, boxes on the bingo card, right? The if I offended, and then he brought his religion into it, like obstacles, dude. You brought this upon yourself. Like this is not like God threw something in front of you, and he's helping you overcome it. This is you. You set a bad example. You embarrassed yourself. You embarrassed the university. This is your fault that this is happening, and now you've got to figure it out. And one one last Coach 420 comment. I said what he did was a bitch move. I didn't call him a bitch. It was a bitch move. And if I saw him, the first thing I would say wouldn't be, hey, RT, that was a bitch move, what you did at UCF. But if he asked me my thoughts on the whole post-game handshake line, after the UCF game, you know what I would say? I'd say it was soft. It was weak by you. And I stand by that. It was a bad look. And it's been an embarrassment. And if you think I'm alone with that take, well, go outside and talk to people. Or go on the Twitter.com machine and find out everyone else who's dunking on Rodney Terry for that. I will say it again. He doesn't deserve to be fired for it. Give the guy a chance. If Texas loses tonight, hey, Texas fans, don't be going on Twitter saying this guy sucks and needs to lose his job. It's not happening. If he wins, don't be saying, oh, he's the greatest coach ever. He needs an extension. And anybody who questioned whether or not he was a good coach is an idiot. Like, let's see this thing out. But my stance on the horns down, complaining, bitching last week is not going to change. It's a bad look. It brought negative pub to the university. It didn't need to happen. And if Rodney Terry himself asked me my thoughts on it, I would tell him that exact same thing. Where's the counter on the UT Tower? It's been six days since the Texas coach has gone overboard with his reaction to the horns down bits. Yeah. So. Well, a few people do in the fan base, but most people in the fan base understand that the more you react to it, the worse the supposed problem becomes. It doesn't bother me, though, BK, because I know that the players, they file it away, and they put it on top of that pile, that hate pile that helped fuel this football team this year and has fueled the baseball team in the past and perhaps fuel, helped fuel the basketball team on Saturday. And we'll hopefully do so again because there are going to be a lot of horns down oh, yeah. at the Sooners Arena tonight. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I've seen some like OU fan accounts already uh, reminding their fans what they need to do for this game. So, hey, you know how to prevent horns down? You know how this never becomes a topic of conversation again? You win. Put your hands off. Oh, well, that yeah, I guess that too. Mm. Is that classy to do that? It depends on what you're using to cut their hands off. <laughs> oh, God. All just right. Sister Jean back the rest of today's episode. I'm sorry to everybody. Yeah, you're just, uh, yeah, just do the rest of the show in that accent. That would be, that'd be great right there. I'd have to punch myself out if I were to do that. Oh, my goodness. All right. Texas at OU. Thankfully, this game is on ESPN. You don't have to have ESPN Plus or Big 12 now or any of those random channels or subscription services to catch this one. Uh, this is on the four-letter network, six o'clock tip, so an early one for Texas. God, I would uh, love for them to win their fifth straight game in Norman. This would be huge for so many different reasons. And a little bit of revenge for football, too. I know which game matters more, but uh, if you could find a win tonight and then maybe a win in the regular season finale when Oklahoma comes to town in March, that'd be, uh, that'd be pretty cool. Thank you, Big 12, for allowing Texas and Oklahoma to uh, finish the regular season schedule with one another in the basketball season. They didn't have to do that, but they did. They did. Hopefully it it means something, right? And it could very well mean something at the end of the regular season. Well, as the Big 12 has taught us over time, BK, it does just mean more, the games that are played in this game. (laughs) Yes, the classic Big 12 slogan. It just means more. Uh, man, it's going to be sad leaving that after this year, isn't it? All right, before we get into some Texas football, because the Longhorns did pick up another transfer portal commit, you know, DJ Khaled dropped saying another one at some point with the work that Sark has done lately. Let's give some love to some of our sponsors. We'll start with a TV spot from our friends at Covert BK. Hi, I'm Dan Covert with my wife, Hayden. Welcome to Covert BK. Our newest location in the gorgeous hill country includes Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and hundreds of pre-owned and certified vehicles for you to choose from. We have three service departments that are ready to take care of your car, truck, or SUV with 86 service bays to accommodate any repair and get you in and out quickly. Come visit us today to select the vehicle you've been dreaming about. Covert, born and raised in Austin. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Covert B Cave. And also, we'll go with an audio-only spot here from our man Tom McKay. Which one? Do we go dad jokes or do we go maracas? Let's go dad jokes and remind me to tell you something after the spot. Okay. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. And Camilla McKay. Hey, kid, you want to hear a dad joke? Sure, old man. A guy walks into a flat... Oh, that was terrible. A guy walks into a store and buys an 85-inch flat screen for 2500 bucks. <laughs> I wasn't done with my joke yet. Yeah, you were. Here, I got one. What's worse than paying for one overpriced surround sound speaker? I don't know what. Paying for two overpriced surround sound speakers? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, here at Audiovisual, we do like to laugh. And by calling 512 Seven, eight. You can share in that laughter. Stop paying extra for lesser quality and visit avconsultations.com today. All right, all right. You got me going now. One more. All right, here we go. A guy walks into a bar and then a speaker and then a projector. All right, all right, all right. I think they get it, kid. Give us a call at 512-255-8678 or see us online at avconsultations.com. And all jokes aside, remember to hug your kids, laugh with strangers, and make love to whoever the hell you want. Just give us a call, 512-255-8678. 
So Tom called me after yesterday's show and is like, I was going to invite you, but I had to talk to BK first to make sure that the whole broadcast thing would work out. I'm like, dude, I was so I was so laughing and having fun with that. I figured that he had already talked with you about it, which is why he rolled it out there. But for him to have put the unofficial invite out before it happened, needless to say, the end of May into early June is going to be a hell of a time. You going? Fuck yeah. You got the invite? Yeah. Damn, the pity invite from Tom McKay. <laughs> wow. Well, it looks like your attempt to make me feel bad backfired, asshole. Yeah. All right, well, now I'm not going anymore. <laughs> That's your loss. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is indeed. Sweet. Nah, glad you're going. That'll be fun. We'll be doing a couple of shows from a currently undisclosed location, but got to hunch the people uh, are going to be a little jealous uh, when we go celebrate the great Tom McKay's 60th birthday. He's one of our best friends, and we'd go to war for that guy. And we're uh, perfect testimonials for the work that AV Consultations does. And, uh, yeah, they'll do the same for you. Okay, Trey, uh, the good news just keeps on coming for the Texas football program as the Longhorns picked up yet another player from the transfer portal earlier today. We're going with Tia Sevilla. We're shortening the first name. It's uh, one of those Polynesian-type names, and I would embarrass myself and uh, derange the kid, I feel like, if I tried to pronounce it fully. So Tia Sevilla is a name that I've heard watching some highlights of his play at Arizona the last three years. If you want to give it a shot, be my guest. How do you go six vowels? Seven letters, six vowels, and one consonant in a string, including the first four being vowels. Tia Oali. Tia Oali. Yeah. It's T I A O A L I I. That's the first name. And then Sevilla is a little easier S A V E A. But hopefully, Tia. Hopefully, we can just call him Auntie and that'll be okay. Uh, but he's coming to Texas. He's got one year of eligibility remaining. He's been at Arizona the last three seasons. So uh, Arizona, of course, has had a bunch of changes to his coaching staff. Texas hired Arizona's defensive coordinator, Johnny Nansen, to be the co-DC slash linebackers coach here. Uh, and then Arizona last week lost its head coach, Jed Fish, to Washington. So a lot of turnover there. A bunch of Arizona players hit the portal after both of those news stories dropped. And Sevilla was here this weekend taking a visit, and it didn't take long after leaving Austin for him to uh, announce his commitment to Texas. He had, I believe, 21 tackles this past season for Arizona, six TFLs, and one and a half sacks. So uh, Texas, Trey, obviously losing a lot on the D-line with Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy going pro. Uh, bringing in Sevilla helps address a little bit of a position of need and adds uh, another nice rotational piece into that Texas D-line room. I'm not seeing how many games he started this last year. He did play in 12 games. I know you mentioned some of the other stats too. It seems like right now, just based on looking at his statistics, BK, that he is going to be a nice depth piece for this football team next season, but also a guy who is fiercely loyal to uh, the Longhorns' new linebackers coach and co-DC uh, Johnny Nansen, as you mentioned, he uh, started with him at UCLA, came over to Arizona, and now he's going to finish off that college career with Nansen here in Austin. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, look, I, 
Maybe the assumption is that Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton are your two starters at D-tackle because, well, they played here last year and played a decent amount last year, and those guys are about to be fifth-year players at the University of Texas. So those guys might be in the driver's seat in terms of uh, who starts at DT for Texas when we get to the fall. But, I mean, the Longhorns ran a pretty deep rotation this past season, right? Like, those guys got a lot of snaps, even though they were playing behind two potential first-round picks this year. So if the rotation was there when you had Sweat and Murphy on campus, you sure as hell feel like the rotation is going to be there with those guys playing on Sundays. So, yeah, I don't know if Sevilla is going to be a starter. I'm sure he'll get every opportunity in the spring or whenever he gets here to uh, work his way into that conversation. But, uh, yeah, just if nothing else, a nice depth piece, a guy who has major college football experience playing in the Pac-12 the last few years. Arizona's defense was really good under Johnny Nansen. And uh, Sevilla had his most productive year of his three seasons in college with Nansen in 2023. So I like the get. I like the get. And uh, it, it furthers Steve Sarkeesian's showing that he really values the importance of building in the trenches, right? Like O-line and D-line, it feels like Stark never stops recruiting either of those positions. And Trey, I wouldn't be surprised if Texas goes after one more interior defensive lineman. And they already got an edge with Trey Moore. Now they've got an interior guy with Sevilla. But just looking at the numbers, looking at uh, you know some of the scholarships that Texas still has available to give out, maybe it's after spring ball when the portal opens again, right? It might not be a guy who's already in the portal, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if uh, Sark and PK decide to go after another defensive lineman to really bolster that group. All right. Uh, you know, the more talented guys you have in that position group, the better the competition is theoretically, which brings out the best in people. I will say this about Zavea. He is built like a brick shithouse, and I think that's a good thing for the sake of football. I mean, this guy is 6'4", 300, and he looks solid throughout and it looks like he's got long arms too he has a field goal block uh going back to last season so yeah let's see what he can bring to the table starting with spring ball and then uh once we get into fall workouts and the games get going in early september yeah he's a big boy and i i'm all about the polynesians man i want as many polynesian defenders on my college football team as i could possibly get right washington Absolutely. had a few of those gave us some problems it was like utah's got some of those oregon's got some of those uh, Arizona does. I mean, here's a picture of this guy. Like, I, I'm not messing with this dude nope. at all. At all. So, yeah, 6'4, 300. And yeah, a guy who once again has some numbers, some production to his name in college football. So, I like to get, we'll see who's next. A brick shit house is an outhouse that's made out of brick. Normally, they're made of like plywood and it becomes very rickety over time because it gets really weathered really fast. But one that's made out of brick. Stay strong for a long time, CB. Isn't it a shit brick house? Brick shit house. It's brick shit house? Yeah. You sure? A shit brick house? That would be terrible. It's like shit <laughs> bricks have made this house. <laughs> yeah, the bricks are made out of shit. Bricks of shit? Yeah. Well, I think I screwed that up because Jordan Scruggs always says brick shit house, I guess. Yeah, brick shit house. That's what it is. It's an outhouse that's made out of bricks. Normally, outhouses are super rickety and flimsy because they're made of plywood, and the uh, weather conditions have a way of uh, wearing those outhouses down on top of the wretched smell in an outhouse because you can't escape that hole. You can't escape that hole. But one that's made out of brick, 
has some serious staying power. You're not going to be able to knock it over by running into it like you could one of those cheap-ass plywood shit houses. You, uh, they have glory holes in outhouses these days. <laughs> I haven't I'm seen sure. an outhouse in years, dude. I'm sure they do, but considering most outhouses are made of plywood, I would be very careful of splinters. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast, <laughs> thank you, Michael. No, no. Uh, intern Brock says, "Wouldn't it be a shit brick house?" Yeah, I don't know. I said shit brick house earlier this week, but apparently oh, I got it wrong. Shit house, you guys. Come on, yeah, that makes more sense now that you've explained it. Uh, I'm willing to say that you are right and I am wrong here. <laughs> oh my god. Another happy Gilmore. You're smart. I'm dumb. You're attractive. I'm not really good looking. You're the best. I'm the worst. <laughs> uh, classic. All right, classic, Peach classic. All right, Peach Ups. Yep. Gone too soon. Okay. Um, no need to apologize, Coach. Always enjoy the banter. Appreciate you tuning in as often as you do. Before we get into Mel Kuyper's, Agree, Coach. Yeah. Look, we, we like the dialogue here. You disagree with us. You want to call us out. You call bullshit. We may push back, though. In the end, uh, we, we all, we're all friends. We all hug it out. Hey, at the end of the day, the biggest bitch who's a part of this program, we can all agree, is Trey. So Rodney Terry's got nothing to worry about. I second that. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Sister Jean. Okay, uh, another shout-out to another great sponsor. How about Altstad Beer? The only beer that I drink. The only beer that you should drink. And after you try Altstad Beer, I got a hunch it's going to be the only beer that you do drink. If you're going somewhere to watch the game tonight, make sure you're asking your bartenders, waitresses, waiters, whoever, for Altstad Beer. Because you deserve the best. You go through a lot in this world. Make sure you are rewarding your taste buds with Altstad Beer. If you plan on watching the game at home, hey, on your way home from work today, stop by H-E-B or Total Wine, or Twin Liquors, or Specs, wherever you go to get your six-packs, and pick up a six-pack of Altstadt beer. A bunch of different brews. It's the most authentic German beer-drinking experience that you are going to find all across the state of Texas. And I will tell you all until I'm blue in the face, one sip and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. It is the official beer of BK. It should be the official beer of you as well. It's Altstadt beer. No impurities, no regrets. Trey, a word for the chair that you're sitting in today? Ah, yes. Relax the back. I am so thankful to relax the back. This is a relationship that goes back 15 plus years at this point. My very first purchase at Relax the Back was a massage tool, the S-curve that I brought out on this show before. Still use it to this day. Still my favorite massage tool after all these years. But I have had to upgrade my office furniture. This was a couple of years ago. One of my brothers won this relaxed the back chair that I'm sitting on at the mullet open. He didn't need it. He had a chair that he felt was comfortable enough at his place. Sucker. I only had to pay him a couple hundred bucks to get this chair in my office. And now my back and body reap those benefits. It can adjust in all sorts of ways. It's got lumbar support that goes up and down. I can lean back when I want to kick my feet up on the desk or sit upright and be no worse for the wear. I have relaxed the back to think for the most comfortable piece of furniture in my house. There, I said it. I've spent a lot of money on couches and other chairs in this house. This is the best piece of furniture. This is where I choose to work when the cameras aren't on. And I encourage you to find a chair like this, either this exact chair or something similar at a relax the back near you. Go to relaxtheback.com. See all the different cool products that they offer up. And uh, also check for that location nearest you at relaxtheback.com. 
Texas-Sports-Unfiltered.com. Yes, indeed. Shout out to all of our great sponsors with us on Texas Sports Unfiltered, including Big Hat, a new one. We'll, uh, we'll talk more about them moving forward. Uh, all right, this Mel Kuyper mock draft. This is his first mock in 2024. And he'll have about 35 more of these between now and the actual NFL draft. But, hey, we are, uh, like Kevin Dunn says, mock sluts here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. I'm a real slut, but I like mock drafts too. Um, This is the first one from maybe the biggest name in the mock drafting industry. We've looked at a number of mock drafts, both on and off the air, and we have seen a number of different Longhorns finding their way into first rounds of a lot of the mock drafts that we've looked at. and. Most of them have a, have more than one Longhorn going in round one, but Mel Kuyper Jr. only has one Longhorn in the first round of his mock that was released earlier today. It is Adonai Mitchell going 28th overall to the Buffalo Bills. And, well, that'd be a great fit for AD, getting to catch passes from Josh Allen, getting to go to a contending team. And, Trey, based on uh, the way the Bills played on Sunday and some of their receiver struggles that they had against the Chiefs, Feels like a, a match made in heaven right there. What do you think about the potential of A.D. Mitchell going to Buffalo? Love it as a potential fit. And I think if this happens or something along these lines, if it's a different wide receiver, we will also know by then that the Bills have moved on from Stephon Diggs. It seems inevitable at this point, especially with the uh, thud that he ended this season with with Buffalo, dropping what should have been a long touchdown on a beautiful ball by Josh Allen. This is a guy who for a couple of years now has created a lot of off-field headaches for this franchise, but his production, bringing it back to that uh, hot girl slash crazy paradox or the, uh, the diva wide receiver paradox, the diva is outweighing the abilities as a wide receiver at this point. They need to move on. It could actually help Diggs out too. Let's remember, he wore his welcome out in Minnesota before moving on to Buffalo, his first year with Buffalo was awesome. And there were really weren't a whole lot of problems there either. It's just that those things build up over time. So another team might get a, a pretty good wide receiver as a result. But Buffalo will be in the market for another really good wide out. Although they like what Shakir brings to the table. I think they are still going to have uh, Gabe Davis coming back. Obviously, uh, he really saw some stuff to build on with Dalton Kincaid near the end of the season. Dawson Knox still in that tight end room as well. They need a guy who's more of a bona fide number one wideout. A.D. Mitchell fits that bill. Yeah, uh, Gabe Davis is a free agent. so Oh, that, that's interesting to know. That that adds that much more onus to uh, them getting a wide receiver too then. Yeah, the future of Stephon Diggs in Buffalo is going to be an interesting storyline to monitor this offseason because he's got a big contract. I don't think they're going to cut him. Uh, I think there'd be some trade interest, but because of that big contract, I don't know exactly what Buffalo could get in return for Stefan Diggs. So uh, I don't know. There are a lot of questions. We touched on this a little bit yesterday, and I'm sure Buffalo Sports Radio will talk about it way more than we will. But a lot of questions facing the Bills. They could really tear this thing down, or they could try to run it back and just hope at some point they can get over the Kansas City hump. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, If Gabe Davis leaves, do you run the risk of trading both of your top two receivers or at least getting rid of both of your top two receivers in the same offseason? Either way, Digs or no digs, I think this makes sense. I think this makes sense for Buffalo to go after a receiver. And I don't know how quickly Adonai Mitchell can be a number one receiver in the NFL, but I think he does have that potential. But I think at minimum, to start his career as a rookie, he's going to be good enough to be a number two, like a quality number two. And, I mean, 6'4", built well, he's fast, he gets open in the hands 
The Buck and I talked about this this morning. One drop this year for Adonai Mitchell, and he made some tough, contested catches. You think about that drop that Diggs had on Sunday? A.D. Mitchell ain't dropping that shit. No. Uh, he, he's got great, great hands. So, oh, man, he'd be a, a fan favorite immediately, and he'd be a quarterback favorite immediately if that's where he ended up. Yeah, this makes sense for a lot of reasons. I feel like uh, Jeff and I talked about this yesterday. I feel like I saw somebody mock Xavier Worthy to Buffalo a month or two ago, and I think that would make a lot of sense as well. If Xavier Worthy's not a first-round pick, somebody's getting a steal in the second round. You can make the argument that Xavier Worthy uh, might even be a better pro than A.D. Mitchell is, but I think both guys are going to have a lot of success at the next level. If there is a second guy taken in the first round of the draft, PK, from the Longhorns roster this last year, who do you think that ends up being? Because there are Murphy. a bunch of great candidates here. Or the and others. Yeah, Murphy's the guy. Sorry, I, to- I think so too. I think that because he is one of the youngest guys eligible for the draft, and I think he's going to test off the charts at the combine to go along with the fact that he's more of an every down player right now than Tavondre Sweat is. I think all of those things speak to him being the other first round pick. JT Sanders is also a possibility too. Although it does seem at this point like he is more likely going to be a day two pick. Yeah, the most important position on the field is quarterback. And the second most position uh, important position on the field is guy who pressures quarterback. Yeah. And Byron Murphy can do that from the interior of a defensive line. And teams love that. If you can get a DT who provides a consistent pass rush, who can also play on all three downs, then yeah. Those guys are hard to find. They are few and far between. I think Murphy's going to test well. I think teams are going to fall in love with some of the stuff that they saw on film. And, yeah, even though he's a little bit undersized uh, compared to your normal NFL defensive tackles, there have been enough guys around his size who have had success in this league, and Murphy's a good enough athlete and good enough player to where I think a team's going to fall in love with him late in the first. He was one of the best players on either side of the ball for Texas in that semifinal game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really was. And uh, he was one of the best players in the country this yeah. year. I mean, we mentioned it a thousand times that Sweat and Murphy were one, two in terms of highest graded interior D lineman in the nation. Not on the team, not in the conference, and all of college football. So, uh, yeah, you don't, uh, you don't do that unless you can play. And once again, like you need that combination of production and potential. And uh, Murphy's got the production, but I still think the potential is there. So if it's only two, Worthy could be there. Sweat could be there. You mentioned Sanders. He could be there. Um, is there anybody else we're missing who could be there? Worthy, Sweat. Uh, no, I think that covers it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. There could be more than Brian Watts is not going to be a first-round draft pick. Christian really? Jones is going to get drafted. He's not going to be a first-round draft pick either, though. The other guy in that mix would be Jonathan Brooks, who yeah. I don't I don't think he will be. Uh, Kuyper has no running backs going in his first round. He is high on Jay Brooks, but uh, even if Jay Brooks was healthy, and could do the pre-draft stuff. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be sure if he was a day one pick, but because he's going to miss everything, I'd be stunned, pleasantly stunned, but stunned if he goes on night one. It's interesting because you have two guys who went in the first round who play running back this last year. Bijan, who who knows what he's going to be as a pro. Maybe we'll actually get to find out now that he doesn't have a head coach who thinks he's better off as a decoy than a guy who gets the ball twenty plus times a game. But Jameer Gibbs. Let's remember, Detroit was roasted for making that pick where they did. That pick has panned out in amazing ways for them. Yeah. The uh, the pick of a running back, look, I, I'm never going to advocate for taking a running back in the first round. Like, uh, you can find good running backs elsewhere. 
But that was a situation that made sense. When you're a team that expects to contend that year, and that's an area of need for your team, go get a running back. Yeah. Like the, the reason people hate on running back so much is like if you take them in the top 10 or top 15, it's usually like your team sucks and you've got other areas of need and well, other positions are more important than running back. But if you're like the Lions who finished last year great, they were the favorites to win their division all offseason long. So clearly they had playoff aspirations. And that's like, that's where you need to attack. Go do it. So it was a, it was a perfect fit. Uh, it's worked. They also traded down and got some extra draft capital in that first round by uh, making that move that they made last April. So, oh, yeah. is that right? I've forgotten that. Yeah, they could have had the chip. Chip was so mad about it, and I heard him yesterday. He's finally coming around, you know, because his team is in the NFC Championship. So I guess you have to agree with what your team did. Uh, and it's been his whole life since he's basically seen something like this. But they could have taken Jalen Carter at their original spot the D tackle who might win defensive rookie of the year who look, he would have been great for Detroit. They could have used him too, but instead they traded down, they draft Jameer Gibbs and Gibbs was massive against Tampa and has had a great second half to the season. And if the Lions are able to beat San Francisco on Sunday, he will be a huge reason why. No question. So there you go. All right. So there's Mel, uh, Mel Kuyper's mock draft. We'll have some more. I saw a seven round mock too. We can get into that a little bit later this week. Uh, and talk about where the uh, the other Longhorns could be ending up. But we've got about five minutes left before we hand things off to Chip and Zay. I think we did recorded yesterday, Trey. You up for a Pest Wranglers live this afternoon? I'm not, but Sister Jean is. It's Pest Wranglers. Pest. No, I can't do that. Sorry, <laughs> a.k.a. Cooter. I cannot do Sister Jean's voice for the entirety of your spot. I don't want people to turn off. I want people to listen, pay attention and bring pest wranglers to their home or business to take care of those pest problems. Steve and his crew have been at it since 2006. In that time, they have come up with a motto, effective, reliable, affordable. There is a secondary motto. It is, we value you, the customer. That's why they have so many five-star ratings and reviews out there on Google, Yelp, and elsewhere. They would love to take care of those problems, and they would love to show you the sort of customer service that they provide in doing so. Just go to PestWranglers.com to find out more info, get that free consultation, and as always, PestWranglers is a proud sponsor of. Where are we at in society today? That's right. It is your regular look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will provide a story that gives a sense of optimism, that has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. But sadly, today is not that day. And I need to give CB some love for today's Where We Add story. Appreciate you tweeting this out one, uh, this one at me, CB. I'm going to read you the headline here. Boyfriend busted for doing drag to take career exam for girlfriend. What? Yeah. Can you what read that again? Would you do for love, BK? Well, I know what you would do for love. It's nothing. You don't believe in love. Boyfriend busted for doing drag to take career exam for girlfriend. So a guy dressed like his girlfriend to take a career exam for her. Angrez Singh has been arrested after allegedly masquerading as his girlfriend so he could take an exam for her as seen in photos blowing up online. From a police spokesperson, he tried to enter the examination hall by changing his appearance. Singh had been attempting to take a recruitment test for his girlfriend, who is eight years his elder. Good job there, Ingres. 
at the DAV public school somewhere in India, a city whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce, <laughs> according to the Indian Express. Uh, he had, uh, she had, excuse me, reportedly previously failed the exam, a prerequisite to become a healthcare worker. To deceive test officials, the undercover lover shaved his facial hair, applied makeup, and got gussied up in woman's clothes before entering the exam room. The meticulous impersonator even went so far as to forge his girlfriend's voter card, ID card, and the 12-digit unique identity number card to make the illusion ironclad. These photos depicted the human chameleon allegedly disguising as his other half at the Baba Farid University of Health Sciences in Punjab. Unfortunately, Singh failed the sex exam, as New York Post puts it. Examples oh. grew suspicious after noticing that his face didn't match the picture in the application form, and they eventually busted this dude, and now he is in big, big trouble. Would you like to see pictures? I would. Right. Let's go here, and then... Plenty of thoughts on this as well, but uh, here we go. Here's pictures of the girlfriend. So that's the normal girl. That's the normal girlfriend. That's Ingris. Her her name is Paramjit Kaur. Oh, Ingris is the dude. Uh, Ingris is the dude. Yes. Okay. So that's Paramjit. Okay. Yeah, she looks like a Paramjit. And there's the boyfriend, dressing like the girlfriend. Not terrible. Like, I mean, clearly not her, yeah. but like he, he looks like he could be a woman. Anybody agree for the record you are whatever you identify as just want that out there. But he looks like, uh, he did a good enough job to maybe dupe somebody into thinking he's a woman. I'll tell you where he fails though. And if he ever tries it again, just make sure you're taking care of this. You got to thin the eyebrows out yep. a little bit. Yep, you're right. The eyebrows I, are the giveaway. I've seen bushy eyebrows, but those are there's a lot going on there. When they see this picture, and then they see this <laughs> showing up with those yeah. bushy eyebrows, you're screwed. You have just screwed yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he did a good job disguising himself as a woman. He didn't do a great job of disguising himself as that woman. And also, somebody is pointing this out also, she does not have the cultural dot on her forehead, and he does. Got to be consistent with that one, too. Mm. Yeah, if you're putting makeup on, is it, like, possible to cover it up? I mean, it might be against the religion, but in terms of, like, just finding a way to hide it for the sake of aesthetics, couldn't you yeah, do so? It's called taking it off. It's not like that's a mole. I know. Well, you could do that, too, but that feels more... Against the religion than my suggestion. Well done, Jason. I would do anything for love, but I won't do drag. Well, hollow notes action, huh? No, that's meatloaf. Oh. <laughs> Wait. You sure? Well, I would do anything for love. Okay, that oh, song exists. Hollow Notes. Hollow Notes has a song with very similar lyrics. Oh, do I'm they? I'm How did that one go? I don't know. That's that. Uh, I 
can't even remember what song it is. <laughs> Shit. Is it I Can't oh. Go For That? Is that the song? Oh, oh, here she comes. Watch out, boy. She'll chew you up. No, no, not man eater. I don't know. Someone will hit, help me out or nobody Sarah will. Kyle? No, that's a good one, too. I, get to, I can't go for that. I think that's it. I'm looking up the lyrics here. Okay. Uh, other, other thoughts on this. Yes. Um, when you first read the headline... Like I was like, what, what, what career exam are you talking about? I thought it was like trying, you know, you take those career exams when you're a kid to try to figure out like what you should do when you get older. So I was very confused what you were saying. Like boyfriend dressed up in drag to take career exam for a girlfriend. I thought it was like trying to impress his girlfriend by taking a career exam, but he did it in drag. I don't know. It didn't make sense. That was a headline that was worded weirdly that I couldn't quite figure out. I agree. That's my bad. That was a coaching mistake by me not to do some self-editing there. Normally, the New York Post is better with their headlines than that. That was a confusing headline, though. But tip of the cap, man. Like, that is that is true love right there, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I've, dressed up, I've dressed up like Justine before. You have? Yeah. In the... I don't know if I want any follow-up questions. What was it for? Are you trying to take a health exam for her or something? No, her and her friends get these cutesy ideas from when we have these neighborhood gatherings and their Christmas idea this year was dressed like your significant other. And so she dressed like me. Mm. It's pretty simple. You get the blonde faux hawk, t-shirt, shorts, and usually a hoodie. I'm not wearing the hoodie today because I'm wearing this sweet-ass Houston Oilers Tecmo Bowl shirt. There it but, is. Yeah, she put, I mean, my, my outfit is easy. It's like my superhero outfit. For her, I had to get a little bit more creative. I you had to get nurse scrubs. Okay, yeah. I had to get the, uh, oh, yeah, the the baby chain that I wore around my neck because she started out in, uh, in labor and delivery as a nurse. So this is the first baby that she ever delivered. Its head fell off afterwards, so she uses this as inspiration. Yeah, I've never seen her wear that before. I don't know if that's really impersonating what she wears, but okay. It's not a one-to-one, -one, okay? It's not a one-to-one. -one. <laughs> weird, weird of y'all to have kept that over all these years. <laughs> it doesn't smell very good, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine it does. We're talking about a... Oh, dead? Talk about a... Oh. Ah, the meatloaf. Shit. Talk about a ballsy exchange, by the way, with the with those two. I think There's I have that. a picture of me dressing up like Justine. I'll I'll maybe try and find it tomorrow if somebody reminds me. Okay. Uh, I searched meatloaf on Google and it did not help. I got a bunch of recipes. That's not going to do a lot for for this story right now. But hey, I see the fellas. It's one o'clock. It's chipping it today. Chip decked out in lion's gear that has not been washed in the last two weeks. What's Jordan. going on, brother? What's happening? Point. <laughs> hey, hey guys, we just uh, we just read a story about a boyfriend who dressed up like his girlfriend to take an exam for her. What would it take for you to dress up like your significant other? Um, good five figures, you know, because then I'll be looking like a drag queen. I'll have to go white face. 
because <laughs> my lady is Caucasian. So you're that's going to be a... on weigh-ins and white chicks. I, I, yeah. I, I, I wish I had five figures to pay you because I actually would want to see this. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be a good sight. But yeah, it'd take a little dough. It'd take a little dough to get me to do something like that. Okay. Chip? I mean, enough drinks. <laughs> Depending on the occasion. So we may have been able to get this out of you on uh, December 30th then in New Orleans. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. You never know. Now I wonder if you've done this before for free. Uh, No. Okay. No, this is Trey asking me some ridiculous hypothetical (laughs) as he loves to do. And I'm just trying to take the sting out of it and, you know, keep the train rolling. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I can always, I can always see the exact grin on Chip's face when he's like, God damn it. Why did you do this to me again? Uh, I listen, I look now, forward to, to our banter. Now, if I didn't go white face, I, which my wife doesn't look like this at all, but if I were to dress as a woman anytime, I would pay homage to the great Larry Johnson, grandma, or yeah, grandma Ma. Hell yeah. Great. Legend. Do you think yeah, Larry man. Johnson was the inspiration for Medea? <laughs> Partial at least, right? Medea yeah. has made Tyler Perry a fortune. You mean that woman that kissed Trey on the cheek in New Orleans that mm. Chip yeah, Medea thought was a good 2.0. idea to her, <laughs> her oh, birthday it, party? It was Medea. It wasn't Medea. It wasn't Medea who kissed me on the cheek. It was the other one, unfortunately. Or <laughs> fortunately. Oh, it wasn't the gal with the birthday shirt on. It was the it was the actual birthday girl. She's like, "Will you kiss me? It's my birthday." I'm like, "No." No. Here was the exact quote. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know. Oh man. <laughs> oh wow! You almost made out with Tyler Perry in New Orleans, huh? Nope. Almost Frenched him. It's why we Irish goodbye the shit out of that party like five <laughs> minutes later. I did watch y'all Irish goodbye. I, I tried to do some chip. Tell you as we were chip the- Yeah, his <laughs> name was like back burned deuces. Oh, I saw man. Trey pulling out some cart full of alcohol, trying to help them get out alive before the hotel cops showed up to oh that was about to be a full-on brawl medea went and got some fucking mean looking dudes that she brought upstairs to deal with the hotel employees i'm like oh shit this is about to get a lot worse let's go this is elevating <laughs> right God. all right amazing those stories will never get old fellas y'all uh y'all have a great show trey and i will hey. be back tomorrow appreciate, appreciate y'all fellas.